This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Anxiety is taking over way too many of your lives. We're going to fight it today. Welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm Jenny Allen. So you guys get out of your head has been now in the world for a few weeks. And I'm just so grateful for how you all have shouted out about it, shared it with your friends, reviewed it. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do not take it for granted that it's sitting at the top of the charts for weeks. It just didn't happen to Christian books. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for how you've shared it and hopefully how it's helping your mind and therefore your life. So thanks for sharing. And if you have not gotten the book yet, you need to get it and be part of this. I believe this is the war of our generation. You cannot do it alone. You've got to gather some friends. You've got to get a few copies and give them to your people and do it together because we are not built to fight the war in our minds alone. So go get it. Get out of your head. Also, we've got the book club guide. If you want to read this with some friends, we made it so easy for you. Just go to JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E, Allen, A-L-L-E-N.com. We got all kinds of resources there for you, but specifically right now you can get the book club guide to go with the book and read it with a bunch of friends. All right, guys, it's about to get real. We are about to talk about anxiety, and I know so many of you are fighting this, so it matters. Let's go. Let's see what scripture has to say about it. Luke 12, 4 through 7. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Guys, when God says, do not fear anything in this world, it is because he has us. It is because nothing is going to come against you, even the enemy, without God's permission. Some people have wrestled with this truth, and and I'm such a little theologian. Like I loved seminary, and I still love reading commentaries and books about theology because when I understand who God is, it really has truly shifted everything about me and everything about my fear and my parenting and my marriage. It's just, it truly has invaded when you truly know God and he's in his rightful place. A.W. Tozer says a thousand problems are solved all at once. So I believe that. And that's what I always want to preach is I want to preach God. I want to lift high God. And I believe that fear that you feel will diminish. And when I think of the theology of this truth that God has power over the devil, that bothers some people because they think, no, like this is, if God had power, if God allowed this into my life, this suffering, this difficulty, whatever it is that you fear would happen and it happens, then how can God be a good God? And I'm telling you, you do not want an impotent God over suffering and evil. Like that idea that God isn't powerful over it is not comforting. <laughs> That's not actually helpful. So let's start with what's true, which is God has you. God has every circumstance that you face. God understands the moments, the fears that you're feeling, the doubts that you're feeling. He understands and knows about all of it and he's powerful over it. However, there is real things that we are afraid of. 
I was with one of my good friends recently and she confessed that right before her wedding, two weeks before her wedding, she went through paralyzing fear that she was going to lose her future husband. And then the weeks following, and she's only been married a few weeks, the weeks following, she wept as she sat across from me and told me that her fear hasn't gone away. So these precious weeks leading up to her wedding and following her wedding, her first few weeks in marriage have been marked and tainted with an absolute demonic attack, I believe, of fear over this precious couple. And it has just completely taken the joy out of those weeks of her marriage. And she was saying, you know, it's making me grateful and all these positive things about it. And I hit the table and I said, you listen to me right now. I said, don't put words from God on something that's evil. This fear is not from God. This is evil. Yes, God might have allowed this to shape something about you. But girl, you fight it. This is the devil. Like you, all fear is from the enemy and he is seeking to kill, steal and destroy. And so this precious couple, I'm sitting there watching them and I'm watching her try to like make sense of it. And I'm like, girl, you, you, this is easy to make sense of. The enemy is coming for you. You are a powerhouse couple. God's glory is all over your lives together and was all over your ceremony, was all over your engagement and the enemy is stealing all the joy out of it. So we've got to take this seriously and we've got to see this as enemy attack, that this Fear that has invaded our culture, has invaded our minds, invaded the background noise of our lives. We barely even notice it anymore. We're so afraid. It's just part of our thought process every single day. We've got to fight it. We've got to start noticing it. We've got to call it out and we got to fight it. So let's talk about how we fight this because I want to get really practical in this. We've talked about fear before on the podcast, but when I wrote about this in the book, we really came up with what are the weapons that God's given us, these powerful divine weapons that Second Corinthians talks about what are these divine weapons that God has given us. And in this case, it's trust, right? It's it's not that we can avoid the things we fear. You know, will something happen to my friend's husband one day? It will. I don't know what day. They might be 90. But one day something will. We cannot completely guard our lives from the bad things not happening, right? Like that's not possible. That's not the goal. In this world, we will have trouble, God says. So we cannot guard our lives and protect everything we love and just believe, oh, God's never going to let anything bad happen to me. You know godly people, bad things have happened to them. Some of you follow Jesus and love him with all your heart. Bad things have happened to you. We follow Jesus, bad things have happened to us. So so it's not that there's not real fears. It's that those fears are mitigated by this hope that is eternal. And so Paul says it this way. He says, my light and momentary trials. Now, the funny thing is when he says my light and momentary trials, he's talking about being shipwrecked, nearly killed, imprisoned, like the worst things on earth that can happen to you are happening to Paul. And so he's speaking of these things as light and momentary. Why? Because he has a view of eternity that is so real and palpable to him. He knows he's in the first little opening scene of eternity, that this is just such a short and important part of his life, but he's not going to be derailed by the only power the enemy has, which is to right now, currently in this world, he still has some power. Now, he doesn't have victorious power. He's not going to win in the end. But right now, God allows the enemy to bring attack against us for a season, knowing that that time will end. And Revelation promises it. There will be a time where he is cast and kept from the people of God and that suffering and death and darkness will no longer be a part of our story and a part of our lives because God will deal with it forever. That time is coming. But in this time, there is a mercy of God that holds back his hand because (laughs) at the time of justice, at the time of judgment, 
there are people that will perish. And so, yes, we are aching to be with God one day, but we have work to do in the meantime. And as long as history is still turning and the earth is still spinning, that that we have work to do here. And Paul's mentality was, I'm not going to get distracted by the difficulty. I'm not going to live paralyzed by the fear that it will happen. It will happen. Like difficulty will happen. We won't be surprised by it. But I will live with hope in eternity, that, that I can deal with anything I deal with here. And we've talked about this verse before, but I love it so much. It's in Philippians. And he says to live as Christ and to die as gain. There is a hope in heaven and eternity that is bigger for Paul than any other thing, any other thing in his life. When I was preparing for this book, what I taught through was the book of Philippians. I taught through different verses and, and we looked at the mind and Paul was so single-minded He was so fixed on Jesus. There was such a clarity to his life, to his decisions, to who he loved and how he loved and what he spent his time doing. There was so much clarity to his life. I mean, I found myself as I really deeply studied Paul, just envious of his certitude, of his confidence, of his absolute possession by God of just spending his life well. And so this is the model that we have. You know, he he even said it, like, follow me as I follow Christ. And so... As we follow him, what we find is a single-mindedness that has provided this escape route from fear. It has provided a way out from fear because what grips those of us in fear is that we would lose something on earth. And what Paul knew was, I'm going to lose things on earth. I'm going to live like Christ if I'm alive. And Christ lost his life. Christ lost friends. Christ was betrayed. Christ lost. I'm going to lose on earth. And that's why death is a gain, because that's where everything is reconciled. So now, what does it look like to lay down our fear? What does it look like to have this kind of perspective, to be single-minded, to not fear the enemy, but to to recognize that he's trying to mislead us, right? That's what Luke's talking about is, hey, don't, don't diminish the enemy. Like, don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid of sickness. Don't be afraid of suffering here. If you're going to be afraid of something, be afraid of the the one that can send you to hell. So he's saying... Make sure that's right. Like that's the only thing that can be taken from you is eternity. Everything else can be redeemed. It can be used for good. It can be worked into this eternal story, but make sure that thing is right. So let's do that right now. I told you if you are gonna stick with me in these weeks, my hope and prayer is that if you don't know God, that this will be the time that you know him. And so if that's you and you're like, you know what? I'm afraid of everything, but I have not even thought about death and eternity I want you to do that right now. I want you, I want to make sure that the only thing God says to fear, which is separation from him forever, that that that's taken care of for you. So let me tell you how simple it is. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, this is what you do. You say, God, I need a savior. And I believe your son, Jesus Christ, is it. I believe that, that he died for me. I believe that my sins are forgiven because of him. And I want to follow him with my life. I believe he was raised from the dead. And I want to be raised from the dead too. And God... I want to give my life to you while I'm here. And that's how simple it is. That's what you pray. Rewind. Do it right now in your car, wherever you are. And that is all that we have to do to be right with God, y'all. It is to trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. We're covered. So now I want to speak to those of you that know Jesus, that have known him for a long time and are paralyzed by fear. Do you believe Do you believe this book that tells us that he has gone before us and is building a home for us? Do you believe that this is the story you're a part of? Do you believe that he is more powerful than every single thing you fear? I told my friend, I said, you know what? I can't tell you that your husband's not going to die tomorrow. I can't. 
That's not something I can absolute with certainty promise you. But I can tell you, I have lived long enough and I have been through enough and I have seen people I love go through enough that I can promise you this. On the day that something unthinkable happens, you will have more grace from God to deal with that than you can possibly imagine right now. You don't have that grace today. But on that day, I have seen it again and again and again. He will give you everything you need to go through that on that day. So we don't fear that, not because it won't be hard, not because my dear friend that did just lose her husband is trying hard to just breathe and take care of her child every day. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying that it's possible to walk through the darkest nights when we have a hope that lasts forever. And we have a God who not only is saying, hey, hope in heaven, he's saying, I will walk through this with you. I will be in it with you. I will provide things you can't even imagine on that day. No, I don't understand why bad things still happen to good people. I don't have the answer for that. I can just tell you that I know there is a good God that's more powerful than all of it. And that one day we will all understand. We may not understand here. So how do we not fear? How do we not have anxiety? Well, we start by making sure our view of God is right. And that happens by knowing him intimately and walking with him regularly, knowing his word, knowing who he is. And it starts also by feeding ourselves truths instead of lies. So many of the things we're afraid of aren't even true. On this day, my friend was not being asked to deal with the death of her husband. It wasn't even true. And yet it was paralyzing her on that day. So we have to start by fighting the lies on a given day. That's why in Philippians, Paul writes, think on things that are true. He tells us what to think about. He talks about all these beautiful attributes, noble, incredible attributes that we're supposed to focus on instead of lies. And one of the first things he says is that whatever is true, you think on these things. So is it even true? We have what ifed ourselves to death and so much of our fear is pretend. It's not even true. So on this one, I mean, you guys, I know the last one, it's connection. We talked about the weapon against isolationist connection. That's a really tangible thing. You, you take somebody to coffee. The weapon to noise is stillness and time with Jesus. The weapon to this one is trust. And y'all, this just takes fighting for belief and trust in God, that we would fight for our faith, that we would prize it, that we would realize that waiting on God and trusting in God, it contains great reward. Like there is a great reward in our faith, in our trust in him. And as we trust more and more, we watch him come through. That's what I've seen. Like at 40 something, that's where I am today that I wasn't, you know, at 23 is that I have just watched him come through again and again and again. My trust has grown that I know I don't stand here trembling about what might happen to my kids. I don't stand here afraid of what might happen to my husband. Now, if I think about it too long, I will. And I don't feed that. I don't give energy to that. When I start to fear it, I stop it. I interrupt it. I redirect it. I don't give it energy. Why? Because why give something that dark, that hard energy when God has not asked me to face that today? Why would I feed that? Why would I give that energy? One day I might have to face that. In fact, I probably will. Somebody I love dearly, my husband, my kids, something will happen one day and I will have to face that. But I know on that day I will have what I need. So I don't feed it today. I don't feed that fear. So are you feeding fear? What fear are you feeding? And how can you interrupt it? How can you use the weapons God's given you, the word of God, the community around you? Like how can you bring those things into it and help to build your trust, to depend on him more and to not let this thing take you out? Because fear is taking us out. It is. It is distracting us. It is derailing us. It is keeping us from being bold. It is keeping us from joy. It is keeping us from peace. 
It's derailing us. And so we've got to fight it better. So let's go with this idea of, is it true? And I want you just to take, I don't know if you've downloaded this yet, but we have an anxious thoughts guide and it has a mind map in it. And this mind map is also in the book. And I want you just to jot down like thoughts that you're thinking. You can go download that for free at JennyAllen.com or you can find it in the book. And what I want you to do is just write down some of the thoughts. And I want you to find the thing that's worrying you the most, that's giving you the most anxiety. And I want you to work it through this grid. And this grid has a few simple questions on it. I can give them to you right now. One of the questions is, is it true? Is that thing that you're worried about even true? And if it is, and some of you it is, right? I worked through this grid and the thing I was worried about the most was my son and he had just left for college and I was worried, you know, is he going to make good decisions? Is he going to date girls I like? And then somehow, you know, I worked through this thing that I was, you know, he, he somehow ends up in prison, you know, <laughs> if I make these bad decisions, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And this, is gonna, And sometimes somehow he's like in prison. And, and, and is that even true? No. Like right now, my son loves God and he's making good choices for the most part. And he's a great kid. Why am I so worried that he's going to derail his life? And it wasn't even true or real. I'm not saying that he's perfect. I'm just saying it, it, it wasn't totally based on reality. But even if it was, let's say for you, the answer is yes, my son is in prison. There is still hope over that. And what does God's word say about it? That's the next question. And, you know, my joke is, I guess if he goes to prison, you know, we can go do prison ministry together. <laughs> and I'm like, my poor son, if he listens to this, he's going to kill me because he's such a great kid. But my point is there is redemption in all things, like because of God, because of hope, because of eternity stretched out forever, because of the power of God to take things that are broken and turn them into things that are beautiful. That is the continued story of redemption and how God works then we have hope in all things. There's nothing that we don't have hope in because he works all things together for good. That is what scripture tells us. So even if something about it's true, then the next question is, what does God say about it? What does God's word say about it? And you begin to just note things like, you know what? He is working all things together for good. Heaven is coming and I have a home with him forever. You know, and you just start putting what's true. And then the last question in this little grid is, are you gonna believe God? That's the real question. And I think for a lot of us, we can work through, you know, is it true or lie? And then you can put the truth on it. What's God's word say? But then choosing to believe that truth on a daily basis, that's where he gets us, y'all. That's where we've got to choose better. We've got to put our foot down and say, no more. No more am I going to dwell on this. No more am I going to feed this. No more am I going to give energy to this. And you bring your community in fast and you interrupt those thoughts and you stop the spiral because you can because at the point that that thought enters your mind, that fear enters your mind, you can confess it. You can confess it to God, you can confess it to people, and you can interrupt it. Hey, pull out your copy of the Get Out of Your Head book and read along with us. Next week, we are gonna be talking about cynicism. You guys don't wanna miss it. So read chapter 11 and we will see you for episode nine. If you've been following along for any period of time, you've probably heard us talk about the Dwell app. It is a audio Bible app unlike anything we've ever listened to before. And here's what's extra fun. We called our friends at Dwell and said, hey, what would you think of doing a get out of your head scripture plan? 
where we could take all these different scriptures from each chapter and make it into a plan that we can listen to on the go. And they were like, of course. So go download the Dwell app. If you go to dwellapp.io slash Jenny, you can unlock a 10% off their yearly plan, which is amazing. And that's where you'll be able to find the Stop the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts audio Bible plan. So we'll make sure to put all of that info in the show notes and on Jenny's website so you guys can click that link. 